Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. is a necessary gateway for awakening. 
It's not something to get rid of. Rather, the way we pay attention to self-aversion is actually the ground of the past. We all come from God. 
And so what is it that happens when we move out of that place and come into action, come into our name, our gender, our role, our titles, our religion, our nationality? All that ego playing is what's causing all of this suffering and sorrow in the world. And I'm so humbled by the fact that our work at the Meditation Museum is really focused on moving out that ego identity and just creating a sense of belonging to all. And speaking about that, our next guest is a return guest who I just adore. Margaret is a certified yoga instructor in the integral tradition teachings in the classical lineage of Krishna Macharya, teacher of BKS, Ayangar Patanbis, Joyce, and Desikachar. I must have really messed that up. Desikachar. She is also the owner and the director of Alexandria's River Edge Center, which is a green yoga and wellness center located in Old Town, Alexandria, in Virginia. Margaret is the founder and executive director of Yogis for Positive Change. It is a nonprofit organization dedicated to making a difference, one asana at a time. And she's also the founder and chair of Virginia Yoga Week, which is a celebration of mind, body, and spirit. Today gives me great privilege to welcome our dear friend, Margaret Townsend, back on America Meditating Radio. Good morning, Margaret. How are you? I am just doing beautifully, and thank you so much for that lovely introduction, Sister Gemma. That was absolutely lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, right before the show, I was just talking about our experience on the mall last week and the fact that there was a moment where we just sat in silence and nobody really cared who was next to you or what the other person was doing. It was just this beautiful experience of a sense of connectivity. Haven't you felt that, Margaret, that when you're in your real place of truth, it's like it's a truth that belongs to the entire universe, that it, despite anyone's behavior, somehow your truth was your protection, your shield, but also your offering to that person who just might find inspiration in the energy of truth that you're carrying. So my question is, haven't you found that when you're sitting in that truth, everything is okay? Absolutely. And as you were speaking of your experience on the mall, I found myself almost tearing up. It was such a lovely description of what you experienced last. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we were not able to attend, but we were there the week before at Love Your Body, where, again, one of your teachers taught a meditation practice directly before my yoga class, and it was just lovely and a beautiful way to center the students before they began their yoga practice. Thank you for sharing. I remembered when Yogesh from Turkey had went on the stage, there mm-hmm. was still a lot of movement because we had just yeah. arrived. Cause we had two sessions mm-hmm. before we came to you. And so the moment we showed up, we were like, okay, get on the stage. And so <laughs> when I walked right. up, oh, and they said it nicely. And when I walked up, mm-hmm. there was still a lot of movement and coordination. But after about, I would yes. say, two minutes, you could feel the whole space became quiet. Remember? Yes, I do. And the whole space became quiet and calm. And what was lovely, it was a beautiful interval between the first yoga class and then the yoga class to follow. And so I think just having those moments of peace interspersed mm-hmm. with the yoga practice was so beautiful. And it's such respect for what Miriam and the other folk at uh, Love Your Body did this time in focusing on the charities 
in the area who worked to create peace. Yes, they did a great job. Now let's get on to some of the work yes, that you're doing. And you know that since, I think, 2016, there was a study by the Yoga Alliance and Yoga Journal that it was estimated over 36 million Americans are practicing some type of yoga. I'm sure this number has increased already a lot in the last oh, three years. To what do you attribute the increased interest in yoga and what changes have you witnessed over the years in terms of the people who are starting to practice yoga? I'm seeing a couple of different things. I'm seeing first sort of what we think of as the baby boomer generation, and I don't love that phrase, but that generation is beginning to age up. They're finding they need other techniques of movement available to them, and as the experience of the teaching community has grown, people are now able to teach like adaptive yoga I have a class where I work with stroke patients, for instance. Many of them have been athletes in past lives, but are having to learn to reintegrate body movement into their recovery from the stroke, or perhaps they've had a knee replacement because they've been runners for years. So I think there is that occurring. We're also seeing, I believe, an increase of younger students coming to yoga. When I say younger, I mean preteen and teen constant barrage of social media, time on the computer, texting, etc. Because yoga and meditation gives them some quiet time while still building physical and strength and flexibility. And then you have the 20s to 40s age group where people are again discovering that yoga gives them a beautiful way to deal with the time that everyone now spends at a desk. In prior years, Our bodies were not designed to sit at a desk, hunched over a computer for eight hours a day. And even if you're an athlete and you run and cycle and do those other things, you still have your day-to-day job, but you're sitting for eight to ten hours, hunched over your computer, and so you need something to counterbalance all of that time sitting. And as you know, the yogis originally were sitting in meditation, and yoga came from that desire to build health to counterbalance the hours spent in meditation. And what's interesting about what you've just said is that how our interpretation of meditation and yoga is like a sitting down mm-hmm. effect. And I think you and yes. I both know that we've evolved in recognizing that it's a mental state that we can walk absolutely. and move around with. Ab- yes, absolutely. But originally when Rishis retreated to the mountains to meditate on peace, and this was thousands of years ago, much time yes. was spent in seated meditation. And then through observation, they would watch the animals move and figure out what asanas were most helpful to the health of the body. And what I find so brilliant about this is that this was years and years before we understood autopsies or anything else in terms of physical anatomy. And yet from these observations, they figured out this wonderful system of health, which I believe yoga is. Yes, excellent. Now, on a personal note, Um, What does yoga practice mean to you, and how has it served you at a spiritually higher level, and how have you observed that transcending into the choices you make, your work, your family, just the way you move around in life? For me, I came to yoga quite young as a young dancer in California where yoga was introduced without us even realizing what they were doing through the ballet company as a way, I believe, strongly to introduce that idea of ahimsa or non-harming. And Uh so for the dancers that were introduced to this early, far less incidents of eating disorders and anorexia and some of the other things that unfortunately can accompany the ballet world. And 
I've kept that yoga tradition with me throughout my life, and I find that if I get up in the morning and practice even 10 or 15 minutes of asana and seated practice with a little meditation to follow, I'm much more calm as I undertake the task of the day, which are often multitasking since I direct a couple of not-for-profits as well as my mm-hmm. own business. And so the yoga keeps me stable, it keeps me present, and it allows me to can be compassionate to the demanding needs of those around me. Nice. Nice. It's so valuable, and this is what we need, especially in Washington. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the Yoga for Positive Change. What was your vision for yes. starting it, and what's the mission today? Well, Yogi for Positive Change was an idea that noodled about for a while after, actually, Hurricane Katrina, when we saw sort of the lack of action in Washington on behalf of those people and the animals and creatures all affected by Hurricane Katrina. And several of the people I was working with in my classes at that time had just founded an organization called Running in Heels, encouraging women to run for office. And we see where that has slowly, slowly developed. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, we thought, you know, we need to do something through the yoga community that is not just about teaching, but allows yoga to serve those in need during crisis. And so my yogis and I put together this organization called Yogis for Positive Change, working to create bridge between the societal and political divides in this area and throughout the world. And that is really our mission. So we work with other Mm -hmm. not-for-profits, encouraging them and working with other yoga studios, centers, wellness organizations, encouraging them as well to offer karma classes, saber classes, bring more people to yoga as a form of peaceful exercise, if you will, and also to raise awareness of the benefits of yoga, but also of the benefits of giving back, whether it be to a homeless shelter to an organization like Project Ohm, which provides yoga instruction for no cost to victims of trauma. And so that's been our mission. And out of that has grown first Virginia Yoga Week, which is a week-long celebration of yoga. And this year we are so excited because the community has responded so well that we are expanding our summer wellness campaign, including studios from Virginia, Maryland, and D.C., and what we're calling the Minutemen of Yoga Week take place in September. And tell us more about that. Yes. So Virginia Yoga Week has been very successful over the past 10 to 12 years. And Mm -hmm. during Virginia Yoga Week, studios throughout the area of Virginia provided free and $5 classes and chose a charity to benefit from a free or community class, a SEVA class or karma class. Mm -hmm. And over the past several years, as I've worked within this yoga community of ours, I've recognized that studios from Maryland and D.C. were not being included. So this year I chatted with our board and we decided to expand the offerings to include both the summer wellness campaign to culminate in Mid-Atlantic Yoga Week, which will be September 9th through the 16th. And through Yoga Week, studios will offer Mm -hmm. free or $5 classes. We also ask them to select a charity of choice or not-for-profit of choice to benefit from their karma classes, both during the summer wellness campaign and also during the Atlantic Yoga Week. Wow, that's fantastic. That sounds full. You know, I really love that it's becoming more like connecting to the charity, offering donations. One of the things I feel like we don't do enough And understand what I mean is that donation and charity from the heart gives you a universal return. 
donation and charity, counting what you've given and what you're expecting back in return, reduces that. I would and agree I, completely. Margaret, don't you feel that if we were to somehow initiate programs for even individuals struggling with mental illness, where they're able yes. to do more charity and be of service, that that would help them a great deal? I think it would help, particularly with folks who are dealing with depression. When you're dealing with depression, of course, you feel as though you are not of value. And I shouldn't paraphrase, I'm not a psychologist, but that is my belief. Mm -hmm. And yet if you can give back and see that you're actually helping others and see the smile on someone's face when you, for instance, bring them a gift of food, if they're dealing with food insecurity, that in itself allows one to feel of value and allows one to feel a connection to those one is helping. Yes, whenever I'm feeling a little bit kind of off-keel, I pick up the Mm -hmm. phone, I call someone that I really like, or I do something Mm -hmm. that gets me out of that energy, and time and time again, it works. If you're joining us on air right now, everyone, I'm having a heart-to-heart conversation with our dear friend Margaret Townsend, and Margaret has really been doing a lot of work, especially initiating more of a amplified awareness of the positivity of yoga. And so being the founder and executive director of Yogis for Positive Change, she's also been initiating a lot of wonderful activities that we're talking about. One of them is the Be Well Summer Wellness Campaign. And the campaign is about involving local farmers, which is a really big issue right now. And what I'd like to learn more about is the campaign, but also what has been some of the feedback from the local farmers. Well, I also am president of a different organization. It's called the Old Town North Community Partnership. And two years ago, we brought a farmer's market to our neighborhood. And we have been focusing on products that are locally made or grown. And we spent the past two years, and this is something that has taken a while, but we're very proud of it, We have slowly gone through the bureaucratic steps of bringing SNAP, Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Programs, to our farmer's market so that folks who are receiving food benefits can use their SNAP card at the farmer's market. We're only the third market in Alexandria to be approved, and this allows the SNAP recipient to use their card, receive tokens so they can buy healthy food from our farmers, Of course, it also helps the farmers because there are additional people shopping at the market. And I think the overall benefit is even greater. By supporting local farms, we keep farms alive in Virginia and Maryland rather than seeing those farms turned into housing developments, which means we provide livelihood for the agricultural community in Virginia, Maryland, and to a certain extent in D.C. We even have some farmers who are urban farmers producing within their homes in Virginia, producing things like microgreens, which we sampled two weeks ago out at the Love Your Body Festival. And Mm -hmm. so by doing all of this, we're encouraging people to eat more healthfully. And from the very pragmatic government level, that means people stay healthier. And as they stay healthier, I hate to say it sounds like such a pragmatist, but they cost (laughs) everyone less. I mean, that's my argument when I go to apply for grants and funding, when I sometimes meet people who are resistant to this idea, is that, you know what, if you can keep people healthier, if you work with child nutrition and decrease obesity, then people are Mm -hmm. healthier, and they cost society less, as awful as that sounds. But it's a good argument when dealing with granting organizations. So that's Mm -hmm. one way we've brought our farmers on board. So I've also been asked to create a presentation on public policy 
if you did not know about it, just has come about with the Nelson Mandela Fellows who will be here in Washington at Virginia Tech and be on the Alexandria campus on how we've implemented the public policies to deal with food insecurity. And also one of our farmers will be presenting on urban farming and microgreens because many of the fellows come from sub-Saharan continent areas where there are issues of drought. And the wonderful thing about farming things like microgreens, limited need for water. So lovely. And we need that now. I mean, who helps the farmers yes. every time they're expecting the government to really give them a hand? And I'm sure the government is also trying whatever way they can with the sense of whatever of their course, vision is. Of course, through USDA but, and grants. But, but it's sometimes it's just not tough. enough. It's a rough time. It is. And a very tough couple of years for the farmers because we're getting so much rain. Mm-hmm. So as the rain comes in, there's not enough sun, so a lot of their crops are not ripening. Poor North Carolina was devastated, and many of their farms declared bankruptcy. One of our local farmers comes up from the northern neck of Virginia in Warsaw, and for him, a lot of his crops aren't ripening the way they should be because of all the rain. Yes. And so anything yes. that we can do to help him by buying his goods, that helps, and also by providing these programs that allow people to learn how to actually cook things. You know, if you've grown up living on a diet of fast food, you may not know how to cook a squash, as silly <laughs> as that sounds. So no, it isn't. That's one of the things we're working with, the Friends of Free Alexandria, is helping people to learn how to cook these wonderful products that come from our earth. Wow, that's fantastic. We should do a cooking for peace there in one of those things using I some of the... I would love it. I would yeah, the fresh-grown vegetables. That would be great. Incorporate something like a pots and pans drive, because very often if you are food insecure or just starting in your first home, you may not actually have a kitchen or a kitchen mm. implement. So you may not have a pot or pan in which to cook something. So I love the idea of cooking for peace. All right, so let's see what we can do when we get down that yeah. road. Any last-minute thoughts that you would like to share to, you know, get our base? And there are two things. Like a spiritual message, leave us with something that we should or can do to harness our mental capacity. And the second thing is, Tell us where we can find you and and all the updates of upcoming events that we can put in our calendar right after the interview and then think about coming Mm -hmm. to support you. So there is a wonderful quote from, of all people, uh, Winston Churchill, uh, which I I hold dear. One one would not have thought so, but one makes a living by what one does. One makes a life by what one does. So it's not just in creating income for self, but in what one gives back. I think that is something that I hold fast every day. And the other thing uh, you had asked about where one can find information, we have a website, which is, and I'm going to give you two different websites. One is Rivers Edge, which is info at riversedge.com, and that's usually the most rapidly updated. But we also have info on the Old Town North Community website and the Yogi's for Positive Change website. I love it. I'm looking so forward to September and all the other things that are upcoming. And thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, really, we really appreciate your work, and we look forward to seeing what more we can do together in our community. Oh, and one last thing. Know that we have Uh free yoga and the fresh air for all our devotees of yoga every Thursday, in Montgomery Park for the folk who live in Alexandria. We'd love to see you there. Fantastic. Perfect. Margaret Townsend, thank you so very much. Lots of good wishes. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Thank you. Take care. Namaste. Bye-bye. Wonderful, everyone. So, so much to do. Look at that. You can fulfill your passion 
and offer charity. We can do so much now. The times are unlimited. If we can broaden our intellect and our capacity to give, there's so much more in terms of the reward. I hope you've enjoyed my chit-chat with the wonderful Margaret Townsend, and she is Yogis for Positive Change. For more information, go to yogisforpositivechange.org or virginiayogaweek.org as well. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. Take care, everyone. Here's Dance Away by Bliss.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.